doula, midwife, obstetrician, nurse, chiropractor, lactation consultant, massage therapist, acupuncturist, photographer, and anyone else who's involved in the modern birthing process. Welcome to the All About Doulaship podcast, where your host, Megan, talks about the business side of the birth world with other practitioners in the field, letting them tell their story, including their successes and failures, bringing us one step closer to being more connected, educated, and supported within our world. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the All About Doulaship podcast. My name is Megan Hogue, and today we are talking with Stacey Austin with her business is Stacy Austin Acupuncture. She's from Lockport, New York, and she's been practicing since 2010. And she has her little family is uh, two cats and one little puppy dog. Um, so let's welcome Stacy Austin. Hi. <laughs> thanks for talking with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Well, I guess we'll hop right into it. So I gave a little casual introduction. So my first question is really going to be, what is your backstory? What made you want to become a birth worker? What sparked your interest into doulaship? That kind of thing. Sure. Um, well, I found my way into acupuncture kind of randomly too. I was a pre-dental student in Buffalo and I just decided one day, like I, I just, dentistry wasn't my passion. So I was talking to my counselor and she, you know, went into my background. I was a cultural anthropology major and what was I interested in? And I'd always been interested in all the weird different things out there. And because my major was cultural anthropology, we talked a lot about different cultures and their forms of medicine or just their traditions and rituals. And so acupuncture was just something that always sparked my interest. So when I started down my career path, um, you know, after graduating as an acupuncturist, my sister was pregnant a few years into my practice. And that was just sort of sparking my interest into all the different holistic birth options out there. Um, so one of them was being a doula because I knew my sister wanted me in the room with her when she was giving birth. So that's when I started poking around and sort of finding what was out there in terms of training or certifications. And I ended up taking the doula training in East Aurora at the time. Um, I think maybe healing water center. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just thought it was so interesting up until that point in my practice, I had treated, you know, some pregnant women, but kind of after taking the doula training, it just kind of grew. And now I treat, you know, I mean, I treat women of all ages and all different stages, but I definitely treat a lot of fertility and then pregnancy patients now too. Wow. So I come at this every single time I talk to somebody about birth work and et cetera, um, how nobody really goes into it like they're going into medical school and that's what they want to do except for maybe like OBGYNs yeah um, they just kind of happen upon it like somebody else was pregnant they were pregnant they they saw something and then they just happen into it it's a lot of um I don't know the universe kind of brings you to your path kind of interest yeah well I mean yeah. I think you know the holistic you know, just fields in this area tend to grow a little bit slower than other areas. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've even seen that with acupuncture. So it's like, you know, it just takes time, you know, slowly, you know, this person's using a doula 
or that person's using a doula. And so now you start to look more into it. And, and it's definitely grown so much, even in just the, the eight to nine years that I've been in practice now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's exciting. Yeah, it is super exciting. What is the favorite thing about what you do and what's the least favorite thing about what you do? I mean, definitely my favorite piece is just being able to help patients, you know, just help them feel better. Um, just helping them find different answers for what's going to help solve some of their health issues. We, I mean, we treat a ton of different things. Pain is probably the biggest thing we treat in my practice, but I do a lot of like digestive issues and headaches and allergies and sinus stuff too. So when someone feels better, I mean, even though I really can't take credit for that because it's their body doing the healing and I'm just helping that, mm-hmm. it's just exciting to know that I was a part of that journey for them. Um, and probably the least favorite just is always just paperwork, doing, <laughs> doing the actual charting and then dealing behind the scenes with insurance companies and, yeah. you know, just all that mundane day-to-day stuff that has to be done for your business, but it's not the most glamorous piece of it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't think about that. They're like, I want to do this. And then that part of the business is probably like 50 Especially oh, early, well, yeah, early or more. It's like way higher because you have to get all of the registration and the certification and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Keep up with your CEUs, you know, your licensures. I mean, there's just there's way more behind the scenes stuff than you realize. So if somebody had never heard of acupuncture as like a birth worker perspective, what would you like them to know? Yeah. Um, so I always tell, I explain acupuncture. I try to explain it as simply as possible. So with acupuncture, when we're actually inserting the needles, we're triggering different changes within the nervous and endocrine system. So acupuncture really works on that nervous endocrine system level. Um, it just kind of helps the body heal better, quicker, faster. You know, it can make shifts in that endocrine system. So for a doula or a birth worker, um, you know, we can do a lot of things pre-pregnancy for women in terms of helping to regulate their menstrual cycle or if they're having, you know, painful cycles um, or headaches around their cycles or just anything going on in, in that realm of cycling. There's a lot we can do with acupuncture, nutrition, herbal medicine, and supplements. Um, but then when a woman is actually trying to conceive, if she's having fertility issues, a lot of the times we work with um, the IVF or IUI doctors, not actually physically with them, but we work with their plans with that patient. And we support that patient you know, around transfers and around those cycles. There's actually great research out there saying that if you're doing acupuncture before and after a transfer cycle, that um, it can increase your chances of actually conceiving up to 30%. Wow. And sometimes more in different cases, but yeah. that's just research that I've read on that. Um, but, and then when someone is pregnant, we can work with them for morning sickness, nausea, body pain, headaches. Um, and then towards the end of their pregnancy, we, we do what we call like labor preparation treatments. So it can just help kind of push that body, um, more towards delivering when they're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't know, 42 weeks and you're ready to be done. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, ideally you'd start around like week 36, 37, but I got a lot of women that call me and they're like, how 
help. I'm like 40, 41, 42. And I mean, there's still things we can try for them. So they're not out of options yet. <laughs> That's when you start visiting, like, well, not start, because in all intentions, you want to be visiting people throughout the pregnancy. But everybody's just like, okay, I'm ready to be done now. Now I'm going to start seeing the chiropractor, the acupuncturist, the massage. Right. Therapist. I'm like, everything oh, I can. <laughs> All of the spicy foods. <laughs> That's fantastic. So when would, of course, you would recommend um, before, during, at, like when you're trying to, but if a, if a doula comes across a situation where their client is like, I've got this going on. Mm-hmm. When would you, what instance would you say um, that doula recommend for the acupuncture? That's not a very clear question, but do you understand what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that probably the two biggest things I treat when someone is actually in pregnancy is either in the beginning of their pregnancy, they're having a lot of nausea and morning sickness. Mm -hmm. So that could be a big trigger to recommend acupuncture to that client. Um, okay. Because a lot of the times, you know, we can help reduce that significantly for them or at least just make their day a lot more livable. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, probably the, the second biggest thing would be usually around that second and third trimester, women are having a lot of like low back and hip pain mm -hmm. or just they're uncomfortable um, or even like, you know, when they're breastfeeding and their back hurts, there's a lot of things we can do musculoskeletally to help with you know, muscle tension, tightness, pain, um, you know, just the hip pain, sciatica. So there's, I would say the second biggest thing would be pain related where, you know, if they're open to trying, you know, chiropractic acupuncture and those types of things, that would be a great opportunity for them to try it as well. Nice. I hadn't even thought about breastfeeding. What are your, uh, I guess, main things going on with postpartum life? Uh, postpartum. So sometimes they're, um, you know, just regulating their hormones, you know, it doesn't have to be as severe as like a postpartum depression, but it could be, but sometimes, you know, you just don't feel like yourself. You feel off after you feel more anxious or, you know, you, there's just little subtle cues going on that, you know, their endocrine system isn't just quite fully regulated after giving birth. So there's a lot we can do to sort of help regulate just their hormones in general. Yeah, but then sure. I, I do treat a lot of women afterwards for just neck and shoulder discomfort yeah. from, you know, holding and especially breastfeeding too, just in the position that they're sitting in. So a lot of times if you can just help ease some of that discomfort, they're just super grateful. Yeah. Being able to lift your neck is, you know, a plus in anybody's Yeah. Life. And having <laughs> someone like take care of you for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So getting back to our questions, um, what's a personal habit that keeps you on your A-game? Ooh, my favorite one lately has been um, I have a new 2019 planner. So every morning when I'm drinking my coffee, I... I open up my planner and I have like my goals for the day or my plans for the day or my goals for the month. So that has been like my new favorite habit this year because it's really kind of keeping me on track instead of having like 57 to-do lists. I now just have like one big list that has everything I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then, um, you know, just yeah. all the random stuff of taking care of yourself. You know, I try to do yoga two or three times a week and I try to just eat good and sleep and hydrate, but those, you know, they're not yeah. as glamorous. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good self-care though, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I try, yeah. I have to, I tell my patients to take care of themselves yeah. all day long. So I at least have to put a very good attempt <laughs> at doing that for myself too. Right. You know, and actually, so some of my goals this year have, um, cause a lot of the times you have like lose 20 pounds or something like that. Mine have been mentally shifted, like do movement every day of some yeah. kind. Like, so it's not very specific and then you feel like a like a taskmaster right it's just yeah like, oh. yeah and I that's what I was telling yeah. my patients too I was like it's easy to say I want to lose 30 pounds but that's not really a goal like your yeah. goal should be like I'm gonna drink more water and I'm gonna cut pop out or yeah. you know and then you'll naturally lose weight exactly yeah a lot of people don't think about it that way I think that's a lot of um Everybody kind of needs a little bit of a mentality shift to be. And then that that way, too, um, you're not failing at your goals, right? Then you don't get all depressed. Yeah. Because you're... You didn't set yourself up for failure. Yeah. You actually, like, <laughs> you know, set yourself up with a good action plan to succeed. Right. <laughs> um, so my next question was, what do you do for self-care? We've already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of rolled those two those two yeah, questions no, in one. Yeah, no, that's completely okay. Um, I was going to, I guess I forgot to tell you this part. So these questions are more of um, if we've come to a dead stop in our conversation or if we want to get back to the general gist of um, what we're talking about as far as doulaship goes. So mm-hmm. um, as long as we're having a good conversation, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um. I guess these two questions also kind of go together. So I'll ask them at the same time and then you can take it where you want. Um, Sure. What do we, as in the general public or somebody who's just like on the verge of thinking about like they discovered acupuncture and they're like, how would I become an acupuncturist? Um, what do I need to know for steps moving forward kind of idea? And then if you could go back, what would you tell your younger self in relevance to, I call it doulaship, but like being a birth worker, being a acupuncturist, being in the, the career that you're in? Um, the So the education path for acupuncture is, I mean, you can have a bachelor's degree in pretty much anything. But when you start acupuncture school, um, there's a usually a three-year program where you do a mixture of Eastern and Western medicine training. Mm -hmm. So you start the program with a lot more Western and a little bit of Eastern, and you end the program with a lot more Eastern and just a little bit of Western. And then you're doing clinicals throughout that too. So you get to work with patients, you know, each year of your training, um, And if I had to start over, um, you know, I think, I think I wouldn't be so afraid to say yes to different opportunities, but then also to say no to a lot of things too, that don't serve me. Um, you know, in acupuncture, it's, it's grown so much in the eight to nine years I've been in practice, but 
it's still weird to people, you know, they still don't know about it. They don't know why they would use it or even who to go to. Um, but word of mouth is just the most powerful. You know, if you know someone that's had it or benefit from it, then you're going to try it. Right. So, you know, I think going back, you know, just the basics of like having a really great business card, having just a really good sign and then just putting in the hard work of like networking, you know, just getting out and talking to people, but talking to people in the right settings, you know, in the beginning I did any and every opportunity that came up, I just said yes to it and I did it mm -hmm. and I didn't enjoy them all. And some of them weren't helpful in growing my business at all, but I just felt like I had to say yes. Otherwise I wasn't working on my business good enough, you know, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there that I probably should have said no to that. They were kind of a waste of time. And I could have spent that time and energy doing something I was way more excited about, you know, like doing a lot of the different certifications and trainings with acupuncture is, is one of my passions. Like, even though I don't currently practice doula ship, you know, because I have that training, it's so much more easier for me to talk to patients about it. And I can tell them like my experience with doing the training, but then my experience in being in the birth with my sister, now that she's had two births, you know, I've got to see two different ones. And, you know, it just, it makes it easier for me to recommend doulas to my patients or tell them why they should get a doula because I have that training. Um, so, you know, even just, even though those trainings aren't in my field and I don't use them, like I, I find just spending time and energy and money to learn different things that complement what I do in acupuncture are just so helpful for my practice too. Yeah. And if you're excited and interested about it, you are able to passionately talk about it versus just, yeah. like, well, I have information, but I don't really you don't keep it in your forefront of your brain, right? It's like, oh, let me think about that real hard. And then people can tell that you're not, you can't recommend something that you're not super duper interested in, right? Yeah. And I'm like a question asker, you know, if, if a patient asks me something, I'm honest with them. Like, I, I don't know the answer to that. Let me go find out, you know, and then I'll go, cause I want to know the answer too, you know, right. or if a patient tells me like some new fun thing, another practitioner is doing with them. I'm like, oh, I want to know about that. I want to find out about that. Because if it helps someone and I can just help point them in that direction of trying, you know, what they're looking for, or, you know, I just think that's fun. You know, I, there's a lot of practitioners out there that they just know about what they know and they don't, they don't necessarily explore other fields. And I'm like, and I just love learning about so many different things that are out there and especially locally, like what do we have locally that's out there that can benefit, you know, all these women and, and their different journeys and their different stories. See, that's really great, though, because, oh, like you were saying, a lot of people, a lot of practitioners aren't interested or they don't put the time and effort into learning about new things. But then you're not one, you're not up to date on all of the new things that could be happening Two, uh, it doesn't sound like you're interested in treating the whole body versus just your little section that you know about. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't as a personal note, I don't know that I want to work with somebody who's only interested in their specific, I don't know, range of the body. You know what I mean? Like I want, I want somebody who's passionate about learning and knowing what they're doing and tying other practices in and trying to treat yeah, the person or at least versus the system. 
at least if they don't know, you know, they, they can refer you to someone that they've met that does know, you know, I think that's always helpful too. Cause I mean, I certainly do not know all the answers, you know, I a lot more room to grow in there, but I at least try to have someone in like my field of referrals that I can, you know, at least hand them their card and say, ask this person, you know, I think, I think they might have a better answer for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that's really important. Right. But I think that's a lot of times where Western medicine falls short. Yeah. You know, patients go in, they don't know where else to go. So they go to their primary care and they just, they ask them all these questions. And there's a lot of primary care doctors that just, they don't even know anything about acupuncture and they don't even make an attempt to. And it's not that they're a bad doctor. It's just they're busy or they have other things going on or just they haven't had patients come in and tell them, you know, the great results they've had or they just don't know enough about the research. So it's like, you know, when you meet a practitioner that they're at least like reaching out and trying to understand or, you know, wanting to provide those options to their patients or try to help their patients find those options. Like to me, that's like way more exciting. Yeah, for sure. And well, Western medicine too has a large problem of not having enough time with the primary care doctor. So you don't, they listen to the first question you have and then go off of that versus say if you have five questions and the real important question is actually the fifth question, but you're only listening to the first one, you're not going to get very far as far as what that person actually needs. But yeah, I find like in the realms of like, you know, doulaship and acupuncture, like we just, we tend to spend a lot more time with our patients. So, you know, we hear the questions behind the questions or, you know, the unimportant and the important questions. And so I think building that relationship with your client is just, I mean, that's, that's way more helpful to the client and it's more rewarding for us too. Mm -hmm. And that helps your word of mouth, uh, networking opportunities as well. If you're actually paying attention to everybody, (laughs) people like that for sure. I mean, I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, what is your favorite success story? Ooh, (sighs) you know, it's probably one of the very first or first couple of patients I treated, but it's still one of my favorite. Um, it's a pain case, but I had an older woman. She was probably in her seventies at that time. Um, she had hip pain and she had been getting cortisone shots for probably 10 plus years. And for people that don't know about cortisone, you know, it can actually break down some of the tissue if you're injecting it into the same site over and over again. So her doctors had basically cut her off and said, you know, you can't have any more cortisone. And she didn't know what to do. Like she couldn't even sit without, you know, any sort of discomfort. So I started treating her and, um, we went through a couple series of treatments and, by the end of it, like, it was just amazing. Like she didn't have any more pain. She could sit, she could mow the lawn without any discomfort, you know, just those little life activities that really, really helped her. And it was fun for me because in the beginning, you know, I wasn't sure how much help I would be be to her because she had such a long, complicated health history. Mm -hmm. But in the end, she ended up doing phenomenal. And that's always one of my favorite parts is like, you just never know what the human body is capable of and like how, you know, how 
much healing can actually take place when you just give it the proper tools. So she was totally open to trying and, you know, we were open to working with her and she got awesome results. And so I still treat her, you know, every now and then, but maybe a couple times a year if she's having an issue and, you know, and she's in her eighties now and she's doing great. Wow. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. And makes me a little concerned going, I'm trying not to harp on, <laughs> Western medicine is definitely needed, everybody. It's just if we could mix it up a little bit. <laughs> that's, yeah, and that's my thing is like when you can marry the two together in their strengths, Eastern and Western or holistic and traditional, you know, whatever you want to call it, I think that's really when it shines. You know, some of my patients come to me and they're like, they hang their head low and they're like, I'm going to have surgery in a month. And, and I'm like, you don't have to be ashamed. Like, yeah. I'm not going like, to be like, shame on you. No, <laughs> like, I'm here to work with you in whatever your health picture looks like. You know, I'm not going to tell someone not to go ahead with a surgery or I'm not going to tell someone not to take a medication. Like, that's not my job. I am not a primary care physician. What my job is is just to help them from my tools and what I know, you know, try to be the best version of their self physically and mentally and emotionally, you know, whatever their goals are. And just like work with what the other practitioners they're working with have to offer too. You know, I think a lot of the times, you know, people feel ashamed, like I can only do one thing or I can only work with one person. And that's like the best part about complementary medicine is it complements all these other areas. You know, I don't think people should feel like they just have to pick one. Yeah. I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. (laughs) It's just, uh, it's, so it's really nice being able to, because um, I feel like in the birth world, we we kind of all understand that, at least to some extent. But then when you go back out into the non-birth world, it's people don't get it, which is one of the reasons why I enjoy talking, like podcasting and talking to you and and trying to spread the word, however it may be. Like there may be a new doula out there who is still in the mentality of working with one type of practitioner all at the same time. Um, and not branching out and mending the Eastern and Western medicines. And then they'll hear this podcast and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Or just to like all the women that can benefit from, from a doula, you know, and they're having birth in a traditional hospital. Like you don't have to have a home birth to still benefit from a doula. Like, you know, it just, you can do you know, as much or as little as you want, you know, and that's like the role of the doulas to be there to support them in whatever their birth plan is. That's you know, a we question do the... I get a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do I have a home birth to see you? No, no, you do. Right. Not. Yeah. I just think a lot of people like they get stuck in the like, oh, acupuncture is only holistic and I'm not that granola. So yeah. like I can't do that. Or, you know, a doula is only for a home birth and I don't want that. And it's like, no, like you can be any spectrum of, of, you know, loving holistic medicine and still go try acupuncture, still go, you know, meet with a doula and see if that's for you. You know, I just think people need more support sometimes and they just go at, they go in on their own and then they wonder why they get stuck. Whereas if they would reach out, you know, and try meeting with different people, they might get a few different perspectives on what their options are. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. What is a moment of struggle and how did you manage your way through it? Hmm. Oh, 
Are we talking business wise or personal? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can, if you don't want to share the personal one, you can definitely share just the business one, or you can share both, whichever you prefer. Oh gosh. I don't know what my biggest moment of struggle would be. Maybe you haven't found it yet or run into it yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, business-wise, I think the big, the business, the biggest struggle is just kind of letting people know that we're out there and that acupuncture is an option for them. Um, other, I mean, other than that, I have. I've been blessed to, you know, if patients don't want to work with me, they just don't make an appointment with me, you know? So... <sighs> I, I am very blessed in that regard that like my practice is filled with patients that want to be there and they love, you know, what we do. So they're happy to come to their appointments and, and be there and show up on time and, and, you know, keep their appointments. So that's awesome. Um, you know, some of the little struggles of just running a business are always there. You know, you do have the patients that show up late or don't respect your time or, you know, don't call and cancel their appointments and just no show. And so sometimes that's frustrating because it's taking away the time from the patients that do want to be there. Um, you know, so that's always just a struggle. I guess one of the things I do struggle the most is professional and personal life balance. You know, I tend to be like a very goal driven person and, and a very type A person and that like I want to be the best at whatever I do. So sometimes I spend a little too much time working and not enough time, you know, just relaxing. And so that was really my biggest goal to myself this year was to be a lot better with self-care and only work the hours that I have posted, you know, unless it's an extreme emergency. And when I'm done for the day, I go home. I don't stay at the office and, and finish one more thing. And I always have been good about when I'm home, I don't think about work, but sometimes it's just leaving the office to go home can be a little bit of a struggle. And because I don't have kids, like I get that guilt of like, oh, you should be working right now. You know, you don't have yeah. a reason not to work right now. And that's just silly. Like, no, I still need downtime. I still need to go home and just veg out on the couch or just go read a fun book that has nothing to do with work. <laughs> um, you know, I still need to yeah. do those things too. So I can be a good example for what I'm telling my patients to do for themselves. So I'd say work-life balance is always sort of that, that little struggle that I'm always kind of working on. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I'm sure many, <laughs> many others can, especially oh, yeah. uh, reading books that aren't related to your job. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm personally interested in all of those things, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I enjoy reading random birthy stuff. Um, but then that also, that also ties in with, like, if you're marketing on social media and you're just actually trying to like, I don't know, see what your friends are up to or whatever. And you're scrolling, but you're seeing, cause your social media is tied with all your birthday stuff. So then you're seeing the birthday stuff mm -hmm. and then you're still working because you're sort of networking on social media. And like that type of thing is very difficult, especially for me. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> One of my uh, one of my resolutions this year was to read one new book a month, and it doesn't have to be work related or not work related. 
but to just spend that time because you know I have a hundred books sitting on my shelf and then I don't look I don't just make the time to read them so that was my one goal this year was to just make the time to read at least one new book a month and you know that's that's a relaxing time period so it kind of forces you to have that downtime right (laughs) um yeah exactly that's I don't even have anything else to add to that because it's exactly the message that everybody needs <laughs> um i guess what what is one way that you've marketed that you feel has elevated your business i have a love hate relationship with marketing um i used to hate it but i'm starting to learn that you know marketing doesn't have to be just selling Cause that's just the part I don't love about it. Mm-hmm. But marketing, you know, really is just letting someone know that you're there and what you have to offer them, you know, and just leaving it at that. And then they can choose to come or not to come. So I would say like my most favorite thing about marketing more recently has been doing things like, like this podcast, you know, just reaching out and just talking to different people. Um, the, I don't do a lot of, um, like health fairs and stuff anymore, just because they don't tend to be the, you know, they don't tend to really be a big payoff, Mm -hmm. but I do always, I love the better birth conference. You know, that's one of the ones I will do every single year just because it's fun and it doesn't feel like you're there just trying to sell yourself. You know, you're there just talking to people who are kind of generally interested in what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently just did um, an interview for one of my patients who writes for the Lockport paper. Um, and that was really fun because it was just a casual interview over coffee. And, you know, it was just kind of like we're talking now, just very, just very casual conversation about what we're, what I do or what, you know, my profession has to offer. And then he just wrote this beautiful article um, you know, just pulling from that. And so yeah. that was really fun too. So just those like non-traditional forms of marketing, like I don't want to have an ad in a newspaper, like that really doesn't work. You know, I don't, I don't even do a ton of like paid for advertising on social media because honestly, it just really doesn't even work for me. So just when you actually get to connect with a person mm-hmm. or, you know, meet them and talk to them, I feel like that is just a thousand times better. And, you know, someone will actually like remember that conversation versus just like flipping through something and seeing an ad for something. And, you know, half the time it's like, doesn't even pique their interest. Right. And then that way too, the people that you're talking with are corresponding with the people who actually want to be in your office versus I find a lot of the social media stuff brings in the people who are, if not, actually interested then they were recommend they were told that they should probably do this and then they're there because they're being told to not because they want to yeah yeah it's not just it's not a quality referral yeah exactly which is kind of um i don't know like counterintuitive i guess to our our social media brains because everybody thinks that all of the social media will do all of the great things when in yeah. reality yeah, everybody's because you have like a thousand followers you're going to be busy but that you know that's not necessarily true no <laughs> everybody is looking for a connection <laughs> <laughs> like the real like old school connections of like just talking to someone yeah 
Um, what is your birth worker elevator speech? Oh, um, hmm. I mean, I have my acupuncture elevator speech. I don't. How, okay. So how would you, if you were talking to a pregnant woman, what would you change for your birth worker to make it into a birth worker uh, elevator speech? You know, I guess I would just, I would want that, that person to know just that, you know, they have options, you know, if, if different obstacles arise or if they just want that extra support, you know, that there are just options for treatment and it doesn't look the same for everyone. You know, two, two pregnant women could have the same issue and the way you're going to go about it and treat them could be completely different based on what's going on with their body and what they're willing to try for different treatment options too. You know, so it doesn't look the same for everyone and everyone's story won't be the same, you know? So when you do get a referral, you know, you might have a different experience and that's okay. You know, it could be better, you know, it could just be, you needed different support. And, and I think that's like the biggest thing about anything in the holistic world, whether it be, you know, the birth world or acupuncture or just any of it is there's, there's no one wrong or right way to treat someone you know, it, it can change just depending on what that person needs and there's options out there for them. Yeah. It's a good, um, a great way to think about it. And I can't, I feel like it ties back in with the whole mending of the, the Western and the Eastern medicine, trying to treat each person as a person versus as a case. Yeah. And not every, yeah. Like no two people are the same and you're just, they're not going to get the same treatment or experience, but that's how it should be. You know, it should be tailored to that person. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, we are just about on time. So my last two (laughs) little questions for you are, do you have any pearls of wisdom that you'd like to share that you'd really like somebody to take away from this? this chat and do you have a favorite quote and or book recommendation my favorite quote is um by nathan morris and it's edit your life frequently and ruthlessly it's your masterpiece after all and i love that because i feel like i mean just i feel like that's the theme of our whole conversation is just i mean edit your life do what you need to do you know, to make yourself happy and whether that's professionally or personally, um, you know, and it's okay to make changes and, and do things differently from what you did yesterday. You know, I think that's the spice of life variety. And then you can try new things and find what really works for you and what doesn't work for you and do more of the things that bring you joy and make you happy and do less of the things that don't. And those things might change week to week or year to year. And that's fine. Um, the, the one book that I'm reading right now is by Mark Manson and it's called the subtle art of not giving a FCK. Um, (laughs) and (laughs) I love this book because it really teaches you, um, how to not have that like victim mentality and to really like own your own life. Uh, you know, and if, and if something doesn't suit you, you don't care about it, you know? And if it does, then you figure out a way to get through it or get past it, but, but not playing like that victim role, you know, really owning your life and making conscious decisions and and making action plans from that. Um, 
So the next book that I'm going to read is called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. So it's really teaching you how to have good boundaries in your life, you know, and that kind of goes back to the saying yes to things, but also no to things. So I'm really excited to read that book because I feel like I could use a little bit of a stronger lesson in how to say no (laughs) to things and certain people sometimes. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, just my, just my pearls of wisdom for people or just, you know, my patients and stuff is just, you know, do more things that make you happy and stop saying yes to the things that don't, you know, that's my biggest like personal goal this year is to kind of be greedy with my time. Like only do the things that I really want to do. And if I open up my calendar and I go, Oh, I don't really want to do that. I'm not going to do it this year. And that's my just personal mission is <laughs> Only do what's making me happy. I like that. Well, and you know, I, I'm a little bit blessed that I, I don't have children for, for that. I can be greedier than someone who, you know, who does. I don't have mom guilt yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but you can still be a mom and make time for yourself. You know, it might not look the same for someone else, mm-hmm. but you know, there's, there's those little pockets of time in yeah. the day that, that you can find, you know, 10, 15 minutes to work on yourself or if you have a business idea or if you just have a goal for that year, you know, and it's not taking away from your family. It's it's just it's making time for yourself, too, so you can be the better version of yourself. Yeah, for sure. Where you're. If you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of others. Just like mm-hmm. uh, the oxygen mask on the plane. You have to make sure you have it or else nobody else can get it. <laughs> Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. (laughs) There's so many good ways to say it. (laughs) Well, that's about time. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Tell us where Um, uh, you're located and how people can connect with you. Great. Yes. So my business is Stacey Austin Acupuncture. My website is stacyaustinacu.com. And then my Facebook is just Stacy Austin LAC um, for licensed acupuncturist. We're at 205 Green Street in Lockport. Um, so if anyone wants to get in touch, if you're interested about anything about acupuncture or anything about what we do in terms of traditional Chinese medicine, or if you need help finding an acupuncturist in your area, you know, I don't mind if people reach out for me for that either, because I can help try to get them in contact with a local practitioner for them too. That's super nice of you. I enjoy that. I know, thanks. (laughs) I I mean, you know, the more, the busier every other acupuncturist can be, the the better we're all going to be as a profession. And that concludes another episode of the All About Doodleship podcast. If you want to know more about me, the podcast, or anything else I do, please visit embracingmothers.com. I'm also on Facebook at Embracing Mothers or at AAD Podcast, so feel free to come say hi. The music you've heard played here is Blue Dragonish by The Underscore Orchestra. Find them at freemusicarchive.com. This episode was published by me and made possible by you. So thank you all for listening and feel free to come join us for the next interview where we get down and dirty into the business of being a birth worker.